Welcome back to the Girls Talk Ag podcast, plowing through the manure online. This week is a special episode and one I am very, very super excited about because the the clause that we're going to discuss this week is very near and dear to my heart. The first time I saw it talked about um, was on the local news here in Des Moines and thought, oh my gosh, that is the greatest thing um, I have seen in quite some time in agriculture. And I had brought it up on Twitter that I was a fan and had some conversations and was lucky enough that someone from the company reached out to me and said, hey, would you like to do an interview? And I said, well, of course I would. Um, so this week it is is just me. Jen and Karen um, have other duty calls. Jen's in, in um, Indiana doing super farm woman things and Karen's in North Dakota uh, with a four-year-old. So it's just me. Uh, my shoulders are broad. I'm, I'm going to um, try my best to make them proud. But I, I think it'll be easy because my guest this week is Emily Schmidt. She's third generation with Sukup Manufacturing and is a very important part of their safety homes, um, which if you guys haven't had a chance to see what a safety home, it's safe, capital T, homes. Uh, if you haven't had a chance to check those out, do so because they're pretty amazing. Um, and she's had a very big role in um, getting this all put together. So we're going to chat about uh, that today, about the business and, and all that good stuff. So a little bit different format, uh, but I'm really excited. So welcome to the show, Emily. Thank you very much. Excited to be here. Yes, I am, I'm really glad. I'm, like I said, super excited today. And, and the girls are, are with us in spirit, Jen and Karen are. So, so I figured we'd get started, um, you know, being not from Iowa, of course, I hadn't heard too much about Sukup um, before coming out here. Um, you know, and then of course, the first time you go to Iowa State, it's like, oh, okay, uh, they're kind of a big deal. So uh, tell us a little bit about the company background, um, who who founded it, how he decided to found it. Um, I think find it found it uh you know just tell us the background of everything how it got started because you guys have been around since 1963 and you're a household name here in in Iowa correct the company was founded in 1963 by my grandfather Eugene Suka and he was a farmer just like all other farmers around here and that's uh coming up with solutions for things that they encounter in the field and he was the first farmer on the block to get a grain bin because they just were producing enough corn to be able to store uh, more than they needed to, fig, to, to feed their livestock. So I uh, found some opportunities of improvements for this new product called a grain bin. And that was uh, to be able to stir up the, the corn because there's crust that's formed on the top with different moisture levels and also moisture pockets with mold. And so he came up with a device, and uh, the first one actually was uh, not a success. The first first one was more of a manual intensive, hang a uh, auger connected to a drill through the top of this the center of the bin and manually break up clumps. So, uh, it's, oh, wow. yeah, it's interesting that the first one was actually one that he went back to the uh, ones that he sold this product to, and they said this is horrible. And um, just as many other companies' stories have been founded this way, it's not the first uh, first product as a solution. It's what you do in the first failure that defines where you go. And 
And from that, he learned you know, improvements on the design and he automated it more and came up with the easy stir. Uh, and 55 years later, we're, we're here still, still in business and manufacturing much more products. Yeah, definitely. And that's, I love that line that you just said. It's not what you do with your first success. It's what you do with your first failure. And I think sometimes we forget that, right? You just assume that success is going to come so easily and, and that everything's going to go your way. So it definitely tells me a lot about, um, you know, who your, your grandfather was as a, a person, um, too, and, and how he was able to, to really kind of be successful in that idea and, and, you know, generate this idea of a, a stirator and, and the stir process and, and, you know, to kind of keep that grain moving and, and, you know, it's amazing to talk to people outside of agriculture because most assume, um, that you can't store grain for an extended period of time. And if it weren't for people, um, you know, like your grandfather and, and others, that'd still be the case, I guess you could say, you know, where you, you just produce what's, what you're capable of using on your farm at, at, or, you know, what you're capable of taking into the elevator at harvest time. And, and that's what you do. So it's, it's interesting to think about, you know, a, a landscape not dotted, um, you know, with corrugated steel and, and all that good stuff. So uh, I think the attributes of a farmer really play into this and the fact that they do not give up and they, they just don't think about how it's not going to work. They just see a failure and they, they go into the next time and figure out how to do it better. Yes. Yeah. And that's what you have to do. I, and yeah, that's such a farmer mentality in so many ways. Um, just to, to figure out how you can make something better and, and build upon, you know, what you know, or what you feel will work as a vision and, and going from there. So, so like you said, tons of manufactured products, like I was saying, a, a household name here in, in Iowa, how do you go, and, and this might be a big jump, so we can definitely break it down into small pieces, but how do you go from, you know, as our title says, you know, storing grain and developing ways to improve in, in grain storage and, and better that for your farm and, and commercial elevator customers. How do you go from that to saving lives like you guys did with the safety, safety homes? Now, you kind of walk me through that idea. Yeah, so it's uh, been around for 55 years, started in the grain accessory business, and then late 90s came, and uh, the bin, bin manufacturers were realizing that um, they were buying up all the companies doing the grain accessories. So we had to figure out, okay, are we going to um, make a market shift, or are we going to have to be, you know, gobbled up by the by the larger companies? So we did what we do best and evolve and change, and and uh, started making bins. And since we've started making bins in 2001, we've grown eight times. And so we started adding more products along the line that would make us a full farm uh, product manufacturer. And um, we were doing that. We were, uh, our people here are great at deciphering where, where to go to next, but then how do we do it better than everybody? And our safety director back in fall of 2009 was thinking about building um, a home out of a grain bin. So he would often mm -hmm. walk the halls and see, oh, I could use this for that and this for that. And then in January, 2010, uh, earthquake hit Haiti, uh, seven point magnitude. And there was just 
demolition all throughout Haiti. And we have the original email from our safety director to Steve Sukup, CFO and, and part owner, saying, how about bin homes for, for disaster relief? You know, earthquake proof, termite proof. And mm-hmm. from there, uh, Steve just said, go for it. And safety director and then head of bins came up with the solution that we now call the safety home. It's amazing. Just it just all of a sudden it was one of those ideas, I guess you could say that uh, you look at and you think that is is obvious, I guess you could say. I mean, that's we've seen it. I mean, you don't have to go any further than like Pinterest to see the <laughs> the bin man cave and, and things like that. But to actually make them into um, homes and, and what amazed me the most is so you you guys initially were saying, okay, they're earthquake proof, which they're, they are because it's, it's, it's steel and we'll kind of get into a little bit further the, the construction, you know, a bit later here, but um, termite proof, which is also huge. But did you realize that they would be hurricane proof as well? Because the hurricane came through, the hurricanes came through a, a few years later, correct? And these homes were able to, to withstand punishing winds i think it was a cat four cat five hurricane that came through was that something that you believe you knew from the start that they would also be hurricane proof or was that kind of something that just added to the benefit of this product yeah that was something that we had you know faith that it would work but you can't calculate for all the different factors that would be there so i remember i came back uh, to the company fresh out of law school and it was right after the prototype was finished and we're trying to just decide, you know, what should we put for wind speeds? And um, my joke is that we settled on very high winds, <laughs> very, very specific, <laughs> uh, because we just didn't know, you know, that uh, you can calculate everything you can. Um, but the yes. way we designed it needed to be in such a way that it was uh, be able to meet building standards in third world countries. So. Um, you don't have a okay. normal anchoring system with bin bolt, like anchor bolts that you would normally with a bin. Um, it's three ballast boxes, so basically three huge uh, planters basically around it that you can fill with dirt, rocks, whatever is around. And then that um, anchors okay. it to the ground. And then you pour concrete in after, so you're using the circle home for the form, and that helps as well. Okay. But um, normal grain bins, you do, you know, soil boring tests to know what the, um, the pounds per square footage is. And, and you just don't have this with these. So we felt very confident with the design. Um, but as any grain bin, even going through a hurricane of 155 mile an hour wind, you just don't know what that yeah. what that condition will be like. Because hurricanes, the winds come from everywhere, not just in one direction. And yeah, it's hard to even test for that. Yeah. Yeah. I don't think you can. I mean, um, even homes that are built in the U.S. to withstand hurricanes aren't foolproof, obviously, because you don't know, you know, with a hurricane, if you're going to end up with a, a tornado or, or some of the other adverse conditions that come along with such a punishing storm. But that was, you know, that was actually, I think, the the first time that I had heard about them, about the safety homes was after the hurricanes. And and what amazed me is the conversation about how many people can fit into, 
these setups because they look somewhat small, right? They look, um, you know, like almost like a a wet bin, you would say, you know, maybe 10, 20,000 bushel or something like that. But I had read um, coming into today that that you could have up to 60 people um, in one. Is that kind of shoulder to shoulder just to ride out the storm? Or is there, I mean, obviously, if you're trying to prevent loss of life, you know, comfort, creature comforts kind of come second. But um, are there bigger models that you guys put out or are they the ones, I mean, tell tell me a little bit about that. Like, do you have a, a set, um, a set product that you send? Cause you guys are always traveling right as well to, to set these up, to, to put these together. Yeah, or, and for the- I guess I'm asking seven <laughs> questions at the same time to you. I'm sorry, but I, it just amazes me. So, so tell me about, you know, the, the, the setup itself. Is it, is it one, you know, how do you build them? And then we can kind of discuss how many people you can, can fit into them when needed sort of. Yeah. So um, for listeners that haven't seen the safety home yet, you can go to www.safetyhome.com. And if you're listening, you probably are familiar with grain bins. And so what we did was it's an 18-foot diameter grain bin that was converted into a house for third world country relief. And the initial idea, as, as indicated earlier, was four places that experienced natural disasters. And... Um, so we found that needed simple anchoring system, uh, ease of installation, because you can, you can build one of these homes in six hours. Uh, and, but the first question we always get from, uh, especially farmers, is how hot is it in there? Because we all know that if you're scooping grain out of the last bit of the grain bin, you, lo- you lost that, uh, uh, that bet because no one, no one enjoys that chore. <laughs> Right. <laughs> but um, what but what we did for the safety home was that we have a double roof system. So there's a double roof. So what the sun is hitting on is not the roof when you look up. Uh, and then there's also a cupola up and the top part with perforated panels. And then there's also uh, venting around the whole uh, sidewalls where it connects to roof and so it actually has been proven that inside the safety home it's a 10 degrees cooler than it is outside nice yeah so it's and and all we have to do at trade at farm shows is say come on inside and experience it and then um, we go from there Uh, so it's a been a needed result for for specifically haiti has been our main Mm -hmm. uh, main with this and as I said, six hours to construct, and you can ship ten of these in one container. Okay. Now you you go quite often, right, to build these? Or do you spend quite a bit of time in in Haiti? Or so I actually have uh, the what I've said before is throughout my involvement of this, I I either was um, pregnant or nursing. So okay. uh, yeah. I finally was able to go um, this past july to haiti for the first time okay and um yeah i'll i'll get to that story but um go serve global which is a nonprofit that has really taken these products on uh had set has crews in haiti actually that construction constructs them because it creates jobs yes and that's one of the other features that you really need to, um, to help other countries is making sure that whatever you're doing is creating jobs. Now, quick, um, before we move on, 
uh, tell everyone who the nonprofit is again, that's involved in this, because I think I know that there'll be a lot of folks that'll be looking and we'll touch base again on it at the end, but they'll be looking to, to donate, um, to this project just because it is so amazing. Yeah. Go serve global has been, um, the nonprofit partner that we've been working with since 2011, I believe it was founded by, um, a pastor and a farmer and that farmer was a customer of ours and um, right after the earthquake back in 2010 Ken DeYoung who is the farmer founder started flying down to Haiti with supplies he has a pilot's license and a, a plane so for 40 days straight after the earthquake he was just flying in relief oh, and wow. one thing led to another yeah and um, they heard about our product and from there on, um, they worked on this and they now have, um, we're nearing our 300th home in Haiti, I believe 30 homes in Peru, 20 in Kenya, and then there's a fully funded uh, parentless children refugee camp uh, oh, wow. for South Sudanese refugees in northern Uganda, and we have 20 homes officially shipped there out of the 50. Wow. That's amazing to me. And then each at each location, you guys are trying to um, create jobs and and, you know, basically build a a community, which many of these places so badly need. Yes. Right? And a sustainable I mean, community as well. Yes. Yeah. And I, I can't imagine, you know, obviously I, I've I've never experienced it. I've never been there. Um, you know, was it how was your first trip? It was a, you know, I would expect it to be extremely eye-opening. I mean, but obviously you've seen the conditions that some of these folks are living in, but you know, they're still recovering from the earthquake eight years ago, correct? And then in the middle of the recovery was when the hurricane hit. So it's it's just such a vital um, tool for them to have in order to to really kind of move forward with with life, correct? I mean, I just, yeah. I can't imagine, especially just the, the conditions, but I know for sure it's it's definitely not up to par even to where it was you know prior to the earthquake hitting correct is that correct yeah and there's and i'd been a the sort of the contact at the company a lot the past couple of years and so i knew you know i've seen pictures i knew what to expect supposedly but then july came and it was it was quite the roller coaster of july um you know we we're coming into it with you know, the farm industry has been going strong this past year, uh, but then also with the tariffs threats mm -hmm. going on, um, we had lots of orders come in and then, um, you know, it was a tough time for us experiencing the loss of grandpa, uh, and the yes. start of the month. And then there was riots down uh, in Haiti because the government put a 40% tax on gas down there oh, and yeah. they they actually had to have closed the airports down and um, we were planning on going to Haiti a lot at the same time as a FFA group in Audubon um, to tell their story to be with them and um, the FFA group had to cancel because obviously it's high school students and couldn't go down there with uh, all, what was going on but we we felt comfortable we could with go serve uh, and so we we went down still. And mm -hmm. for me, it was obviously a life-changing experience and it would be uh, at any time that I went there. But I think it really meant the most to me at that time because we had just experienced, you know, grandpa's passing through the funeral, through mm -hmm. 
everything, it was quite the reflection on you know, where we are today, given by what he started back in 1963. And mm-hmm. we had so many, you know, events in July that we still had to do for business. And um, I was really sprinting throughout July and uh, getting on the plane and the Right, I was writing thank yous for the funeral because we were overwhelmed by the support of the ag community and just the state of Iowa. You are such a better person than me. <laughs> I would have come up with an excuse. I can tell you that. I'd have been like, I just thank everyone on social media that covers it. Yeah, but yeah. I can, I can, yeah. You are you have just catapulted. I mean, you were already ranking very high, but you just shot up beyond most everyone because through everything, you know, you're heading to Haiti to build homes for people, and you're writing thank you. Notes for people express. So that's amazing in and of itself. But, it, but so you're writing notes on the plane. Yeah, and it just gets it just got me in just the right mindset. You know, it's you know thank you notes are something yeah. that I always try to do. I, I if you know me, I love emails uh, more than meetings, but I always tr- do my best on thank you notes and um just writing them and get, getting through the whole thought process uh of what it meant and then going to Haiti and out the airplane window, we see the safety homes for the first time. It just was such an impactful mm-hmm. moment that I don't think even I could have prepared for. And um, it was just amazing to see it in real life. Um, I I yeah. jokingly, when I we got a, asked a lot of questions uh, when we got back for the empl- from the employees, so we did a quick presentation, and I told them uh, in my quirky sense of humor way, uh, it's like with j- in Jurassic Park when the scientist is flying in the helicopter and sees the dinosaurs for the first time. Like you knew you were going to, oh, you knew yeah. you were going to yeah. see it. Which fits perfectly. Yeah. You knew you were going to see it. Yeah. You knew you saw pictures before, but the actual moment you cannot prepare for. And that I'll remember that yeah. for the rest of my life. It just takes all your words yeah. away, you know, your ability to really kind of, and it shows you what you're doing. And I mean, I think that, uh, you know, you made a, a perfect connection between your grandfather, of course, building this company and and doing all that he did, you know, in agriculture and for agriculture and, you know, and then being willing to be a part of something that is so amazing. I mean, honestly, I, I'm I'm not just saying it because I'm talking to you. I've I've definitely been just a fan of this product. Um you know, since the first time I saw it and, and it was right after I had moved out here, like I said, and after the hurricane, um, I believe WHO did a, a feature on it. And, uh, I was just, I was absolutely amazed. So you work with, um, go serve global, correct. correct? Um, what is the cost associated with these now? If you, so if you donate money, you know, I mean, how much does it cost to to build one of these homes in in U.S. dollars? If if you have the yeah conversion, uh, I've asked GoServe, and they said eighty five percent of their donations come from um, small donations from Iowa. So um, it just goes to show the <laughs> you know the movement of the mass, but you know, put there by the individuals, yeah. and it's fifty seven hundred dollars for the yeah. home, and. Three hundred dollars wow, okay. for concrete, and then estimated a thousand dollars for shipping. So seven thousand, all in, get to home, uh, shipped, and concrete, and it can be built in 
for yeah. a family. Now that's like I was referring to before, um, you know, comfortably, right. A, a family of 10, is it can live it. And then if you need to, you can bring in up to 60. Did I yeah, read so that right? People to so weather the storm? Uh, 300 and around 50 square feet because there is a loft that goes halfway across it. Uh, families from, you know, four to 10 have lived in there. Uh, and the numbers you're referencing are, um, so during the hurricane, um, and I got to hear the stories this past July from uh, the locals uh, that someone's house you know, fell down and the husband was trapped and the, the mom and the kids um, were trying to crawl to their neighbor's house. Um, and then the neighbors, once they got there, the neighbor's house was, they already saw that that was blown away. That happened two more times. And then they were able to go to, they found safety homes and um, they rode out the storm and the hurricane in the safety home. And we have heard that in, at the Village of Hope, even with 50 to 60 safety homes, that there was, you know, 40 to 60 people in each home. Oh, wow. Because that, that kept happening. All these locals yeah. were finding that their their homes were blown away. Others were blown away. And uh, the Haitians with safety homes were just allowing anybody and everybody to ride out the storm. And all 100% of the 200 safety homes survived Hurricane Matthew uh, with little to no damage. And 90% of traditional housing did not survive. Um, That's amazing. Yeah. I, I mean, and it just shows you too how giving begets giving, right? I mean, mm -hmm. so you guys were were willing to go down and 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 help and build these these safety homes for people and they were willing to share their good fortune fortune to help save the lives of all of these other their neighbors. That also transferred formed GoServe's mission as well. They had focused on transitional housing for widows and orphans to get back up on their feet um, and then go back out uh, into the community uh, in a self-supporting way. Uh, but there was so much need for houses that when we were down in Haiti, you did just see a couple random ones around the community because the need was there. And it's hard yeah. to say no um, to try and eat when you know you have a solution that would help them. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know why, you know, how you could say no, if you know, you have something and, and so instead of it, you know, being viewed as a, a transitional space, I mean, you, you could almost view it as a, a full-time living space, especially if it's cooler inside and well-ventilated and, and all of the other things that you can do with it. I would imagine that some people are, are just viewing it as a home. It's not transitional anymore. It's it's where they will lay their heads as, as long as they possibly can. The, the key is that you have to have local contact and local buy-in. And so they found, okay. they do have Eddie down there who um, lives down there and who operates it independently of GoServe. And um, he, he okay. you know, he's the one that sort of broadcasts what the, what the mission is. He's the one that receives requests for assistance from other other organizations. For instance, when we were down there, there was an orphanage that hadn't eaten in three days. And um, they were oh, the ones wow. that did get safety homes after the last hurricane. And so you know, my husband and I just said, okay, well, whatever rice, et cetera, that's needed, we'll buy it. Um, and yeah. that actually provided the most insight that I had on the trip 
uh, when we went there because they were, you know, they were going through that. They were telling us their story. I went to tell, you know, to talk about grandpa and the experiences and just how big some of our grain bins are for perspective. And um, their response was, you put grain in our homes. And I just what? thought that was, I just, <laughs> Can you it, imagine? it created yeah. a perfect time for me. I was getting emotional when talking about it. And so it gave me a good laugh. And I thought, wow, this is so amazing. Because when we go to farm shows and there's a safety home there, you know, we, we get visitors yeah. that say, you put people in that. And when we're down in, in Haiti, right. the kids just said, you put grain in my house. Um, it just gave the perspective. Yeah. Well, can you imagine? I mean, if, if you haven't been able to eat for three days and, you know, you're living in third world conditions, can you imagine thinking about, you know, not only do you have an abundance of food, you have an overabundance so great that you use homes to yes. store it. No, that's, you know, it just, it really puts everything into perspective when you think about it that, that way. Definitely. For sure. and, and for our trip, it was, uh, we had the opportunity to bring along um sage rosenfels on the trip mm-hmm. uh, i know you're a transplant not from iowa so do you follow yeah. iowa state or iowa at all for sports yes okay so um a lot of events happened and um to and a goal of mine was always to build a safety home at an iowa state football game yeah i just wasn't able to f- get it figured out yet and then a lot of a lot of things fell into place, and we got the permission to build the, a safety home, actually, in the next coming weeks at the Iowa State game in the surprising spot of Iowa City at Kinnick. Oh, wow. And yes. And so if you're familiar with our family, we do love Iowa State, and lots of mm-hmm. our engineers are Iowa Staters. Yeah. Um, but we were able to, to cross over to the east side and... Uh, partner with Iowa to build the safety home there and our external relations manager said you know it'd, it'd be neat to get some Iowa State and Iowa alums to help out with this and yeah. so I saw you know Sage tweeted about Haiti and how he does a fundraiser for Haiti so I reached out to him saying well that's great we love doing work in Haiti and on the yeah. first phone call it ended with me saying how about you come to Haiti with us and he said yes and um, in July, he 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 made do on that, and he came to Haiti with us. So, all these experiences that we were that I'm talking about, he also was able to, to experience see. from his perspective. Of you know, he's an ex NFL person that's been blessed, um, and is yeah. now utilizing his his you know perspective to to help the world with with the needs like this. So that's that's been a great be a part of as well yeah I just I love it because there's so much negativity right it feels like in the world today um you know in in farming even or you know it it just seems like you you can't throw a rock without landing on a negative story anymore and so that's I think that's part of the reason I, I I love this so much is simply because it is agriculture leaving its mark on the world in a way that is is it's just, it's beautiful, but it's also spreading. Like it's, yeah. it's just, um, now is it something that you guys have looked at? You know, is it something that could be used in the U S do you have people coming to you 
yeah, um, wanting this, to yeah. to look in that direction? There's a couple different areas for um, the use of in, in the U.S. that we've found, and you know, someone, a nonprofit from from Hawaii is actually interested in using it. Um, they like the look of it because it looks more of a hut, which they like for their mm-hmm. culture. Um, and then the yes. 10 degrees cooler, the ease of installation. Um, and there's technically with a square footage, it could be considered under the tiny home regulations. So yeah, um, that's been helpful. So we are working on, we have a safety home intern and he's working on a tiny home package to that would be available to add on to make it compliant with tiny home regulations. Uh, and then that's also a brilliant idea. Yeah. And that's something that we're looking It'll be the next show on Home and Garden TV. Well, that's what we hope. Build my bin. I mean, just today, the city of Sheffield, where we're located, uh, is yeah. trying to figure out uh, to put a couple of these up at their campgrounds because um, mm-hmm. to provide a semi-permanent structure for people to camp at that don't have campers, uh, then, yeah, I mean, ours could be, you know, the tiny home regulations would very well be in favor. And so there's some interesting uh, domestic use that we'll see how it pans out uh, this next year. Yeah. Homes for homeless, even, yeah. you know, then you'd really kind of could introduce some transitional housing in that direction. <laughs> now, um question and we can take this out if you want to but is this something that you guys have patented or is it something that other folks could do or are do you have other bin companies that have reached out to you to try to do something similar or is this you know i mean obviously if it's your passion and you want to run with it i would not fault you guys at, at all because you've done so much um to make it it happen but have you seen others kind of want to follow suit in what you're doing we or, have not or we no? have not seeing a solution similar to ours come out we do have patented features on the home um but we also yes which you should let's call us i mean people are going to say oh well you're trying to do good you i can't believe you would blah 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 but let's be honest i mean it's it's something that you have developed you i mean you're you're obviously you're not hoarding the technology by any means but there should be patented features i i fully agree yeah and we hope to load our schedule with more you know safety homes for the winter um that's our you know yeah that's when the ag community sort of reboots and so we'd have plenty of time in the winter to fill the schedule and and we'd love to see see more we actually price it uh, in such a way that it's cheaper for nonprofits because we get lots of inquiries for uses Mm -hmm. like hunting shacks or uh camp you know campers so uh we we price it so that the nonprofits is it's the fifty seven hundred dollars and then if uh, for a for-profit domestic use um we we have a, a much higher list price uh so we yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, I mean, a tiny home. All you have to do is turn on, like, like I said, HGTV, and and I mean, half of these people are selling hundred and fifty square foot um, hunting shacks on wheels for right. eighty thousand dollars and calling it a right. tiny home. So, um, you know, if you're not doing something, I, I mean, I could could see the allure of of paying a small amount, but I think for the nonprofits, it's a better route for sure. Now, you had mentioned something earlier, and then we'll kind of circle back because you have a big event coming up. But I I need to ask because you you piqued uh, my interest. You'd mentioned returning from law school to the company. So did you go to law school and then come back to the family business? Did you I mean, 
how did how did that happen? I've got to I've got to know. I just you you said it and, and I need to ask. And then and then we'll make the big uh, event announcement and, and we'll call it a day. But tell me a little bit about, you know, family business coming back to that and, and how you arrived. To yeah, that I grew conclusion. up I always running around the family company and uh, been able to, you know, have a unique experience of seeing my both my parents at work because my mom was a teacher and and dad here at the family business and went to school at Iowa State for undergrad. And I've actually always known since I was probably fifth grade that I wanted to be a lawyer. So, um, and I like to plan things out in advance. So I, I, I uh, had always had plans to go to Iowa State and then go to law school. I'm very passionate about Iowa in general. So I only applied to law school at Drake in Iowa and um, went to law school at Iowa for three years. So lived in Iowa City for three years too. Oh, yeah. So you definitely, for a minute, were a fish out of water there. Right? And, and <laughs> yes, and for the big event, for the big event announcement, it's actually the first link was um, since I went to law school at Iowa, that it was the first start of the relationship uh, that paved the way for this event on September 8th. You are the bridge then. So tell us about the September 8th um, event. Tell us all. I'm, I'm excited for everyone to, to hear about this. Yeah, so up on, on September 8th, we will be doing our hashtag game day build. And this game day build is going to consist of uh, a live build of a safety home throughout uh, the tailgating leading up to the game and the first couple of the game. So we'll uh, be located just southeast of Kinnick Stadium between the Nile Kinnick statue and the Steed Family Hospital. And we'll be having crews uh, build a safety home. So I think it's going to start around noon. So anybody going to the game, make sure to stop by, see the, see the build. We'll be um, having a lot, of, a lot of different alums stopping by to help as well. We had, you know, this, as I sort of felt that I didn't, contribute to any of the invention of this. I'm only telling the story, but how much this is just, you know, developed into an event has been amazing to see because so many great alums have signed on. We have, um, you know, Sage Rosenfels, as I mentioned, that also went to Haiti with us. Tim Dwight um, contacted us because he was actually on top of a safety home in Haiti and wanted to reach out. So he got on board and then, um, Many others from Jack Whitver, Lane Danielson, Dallas Clark, Naz Long, uh, Jada Buckley, uh, Jess Settles. Uh, we're trying to keep it pretty even as we can for Iowa and Iowa State, but you'll see us with our um, black and white t-shirts with Team Safety Home on um, and come check out the build. You'll see different of these alums mentioned helping out and we might have some fun um, contests between maybe some some sports, not Iowa, not Iowa and Iowa State uh, against each other, because we thought that was also sort of reminiscent of what you had talked about. Of there's so much divide in the world that um, this is a example of how Iowa Iowa State come together for the better of of a solution to a problem, and um, that's the importance yeah. is us coming together. Yeah, everyone coming together as one to to do better for the world. Which I mean, obviously. 
once the game starts, that's no longer the case. I'm (laughs) an Iowa transplant and I learned quickly, uh, you know, before I moved, one of the first questions asked, are you an Iowa or an Iowa state fan? I'm like, Oh, I'm Switzerland. I'm totally (laughs) neutral. Um, and, uh, so I definitely learned very quickly, but I, I love the idea. I'm, I'm really looking forward to it. So September 8th, prior to the game, starting around noon, um, head on over and, and check out, um, the safety home build and, and be a part of something that's great. Um, you know, I, I really am, am happy that we got to sit down and, and talk a bit today about it and, and just kind of learn. Cause like I said, I've, I've been a fan since I saw it and I had to make sure that I was prepared to ask questions oh, and, and be on my best behavior for this one. <laughs> so the girls are, are definitely sending you good thoughts too. They were all, uh-huh. they were bummed. They had to miss the, the conversation today, but we really wanted to get this out and put together so we could let everyone know you know, about the build and on the eighth and, and let everyone know, you know, to, to, if you're looking for a a great charity, you know, with a global impact, um, you know, that, that has a a very large ag stamp on it, agriculture stamp on it, you know, look at that, that go serve global and the safety homes and, you know, look to, to help support those that are, you know, really kind of working to, to do good in the world. I, I just, I, like I said, I can't say enough good things about it. I just think it's so amazing. So anything you want to add before we wrap it up today? They can follow uh, our social media, you know, Twitter's Sukup MFGs Mm -hmm. to follow the story leading up to there for any other announcements of any other new, new sign-ons for the build Uh, or safetyhome.com. You'll can see more of the story, uh, I'm working on a blog post with more details of our trip, um, but looking forward to just telling the story, getting it out there and see, see where this goes. Cause this has just been a special, special time, um, emotional roller coaster for us this summer. But um, we know that uh, it's, know that there's more to come with this story. We can't wait to share it with everybody. I think it's amazing. And you know, my thoughts are with you and your family on the loss of your grandfather, but I know he's, He's looking down from above. I hope he's met my grandpa because my grandpa was, was a, I think they were very similar men from the sounds of the stories that I've yeah. heard about him. And, and, uh, maybe they're up there. Uh, you know, I, I think they're up there watching today and, and proud and in, in what you're doing. And, and, uh, Thank you know, you. so I, I really want everyone to kind of go out and, and do what they can to help really push this, um, the build, uh, the big event to be successful, definitely check that out. And then also, you know, check out Go Serve Global. Um, we're big Amazon Prime people. Uh, and you can yeah. do the Amazon Smile and choose them as your um, chosen charity as well. So Karen wanted me to mention That's that because she has. Yep. So Thank anything you. you buy on Amazon, they'll donate a portion of that uh, that cost to the char- charity of your choice. And Go Serve Global is one that you can pick. So um, definitely look in that direction. So I appreciate you taking time, Emily, to, to chat with us or chat with me and the two girls that are here in spirit. And I, you know, I wish you guys nothing but the best of luck and I will definitely continue to watch and, and cheerlead and, and, uh, mm-hmm. you know, do what I can to, to help c- the continued success of this movement. So I really Thank appreciate so it. Um, and you know, thanks for coming on. All right. You have a great day. Thanks. You too.